Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there. Welcome back to the Chaos to Connected podcast. I am so glad to have you here today. I think you're going to like today's topic because whenever I ask on my Instagram stories, what is most challenging for you? managing your own feelings and um, triggers, or managing your child's behavior, 95% of the time, everybody's response is managing my own triggers. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So one of the reasons it's really hard to overcome triggers is because often, A, we don't know where they're coming from, or B, triggers are from our past you know, um, whether it's trauma or just experiences that we have stored up hurt around, and we might not remember them, um, but we are pulled back into those encounters and the feelings we felt in those experiences and those times when we are triggered by something. So for me, it was aggressive behavior. For you, it could be crying. Like maybe as you think about it, Maybe your parents didn't allow you to cry, or maybe it was a daycare provider or school or something. There is always a reason that you're triggered, and it can be challenging to figure out what that is. And it took me, you know, some specific strategies to figure that out. And that is something that I am going to address at length in the Chaos to Calm course that I'm currently working on. So if you're finding yourself with triggers that you don't know, what to do with, that course is going to help you identify the triggers, bring awareness to them, and help you process and heal through them so that it's not a continuing process all the time. Because then not only do we have to manage ourselves, then we have to try to figure out how to manage our child's behavior at the same time. And that is so much to do at once. So once you can work through your triggers, Yes, you're still going to be triggered here and there, but like you guys, it is amazing the transformation that can happen and your ability to be controlled and patient and the capacity to which that can grow when you have healed up or for the most part and processed through your hurts. So if that's something that you need I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the wait list, and you can be the first one to know once that is ready. But for right now, I wanted to share a few different things that I have trained myself to think about that really helps me in the moment of behavior to keep my own empathy and understanding and self-control. Because that's key, right? If we want our children to learn how to regulate themselves, guess what? They learn from us. That's right, through co-regulation. And so if we can't stay regulated, they're not going to be able to. (laughs) So I'm sure that's just what you wanted to hear. (laughs) But it's the truth. 
I'm just going to be upfront with you, you know? So I'm going to tell you three things that I remind myself of when I'm in those times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just can't take it anymore. I don't think I can do this. And it's like, I can, I'm going to compare it to exercising. It is literally like when you're in the moment of a hard workout and you're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And then you have like 30 more seconds and then you're just like, I gotta, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. It is exactly like that. And so these are some things that can help you through that. So the first one is I would or do, if I still need to do that, remind myself of a phrase that I would repeat often when I was in like the deep, deep overwhelm and the trenches of the most difficult, challenging behaviors that, um, you know, I have experienced as a mom. And the phrase that I chose, and it doesn't have to be the one that you choose, you can pick whatever you want, but it really helped me. It's very simple. I would just repeat to myself in my head, he's overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed. He is overwhelmed. Because then it would pull me back and help me to recognize that, like, I am feeling this, like, huge level of overwhelm right now that's making me want to hide or, like, get away from this situation or yell and just get it to stop. Imagine how much he's feeling overwhelmed because he doesn't know why he's having such a tough time or maybe he does, but he doesn't know how to communicate it and he feels like I'm misunderstanding him, if my reactions are that like punishment style or the yelling or shaming, that's adding another another level into that mess of overwhelm. And so just reminding yourself what is actually happening in your child, it's not the behavior you're seeing. What is at the root of that behavior? What's your child actually feeling underneath the behavior when you pull back the layers? Number two, reminding myself what the behavior he's expressing actually symbolizes or communicates at the root. So I'm not going to go into every behavior. This is something that we can talk about if you want to, you know, do a one-on-one session. But like I've mentioned many times, my biggest trigger was aggression. Okay, so what is aggression actually? Aggression is fear stored up in the body and it can often be for that child's like place in the family. So if you have multiple children, if you, I mean, even subconsciously like or unconsciously, you're not like intending to maybe spend more time with one child or the other, but maybe you have a younger child that needs more help. On the, on the outside, it would look like, you know, they need their your help to change their diaper and get dressed, like all those things. And your older child needs help in different ways, but they're much more independent. So it doesn't look from the outside like they are struggling or need help. So that fear, it helps me to think about what has occurred earlier in the day. Maybe nothing dramatic stood out, but there was a lot of back and forth, like I was multitasking or I was, you know, helping his little brother a lot more or I couldn't fully connect with him because every time we get started reading a book or doing something together, my attention had to be drawn away. So think about what can play into the behavior you're seeing and what really, again, pulling back the layers of the behavior and what's really at the root there. And then number three is reminding myself it is not about me. 
I think that it is really easy to get offended by our kids. Like how many times do our kids say something to us and we're like, I can't believe they would say that about me. Like I have given them everything, you know, but really the truth is it is not about us. It's about our child and our child's feelings. And when we can detach our emotions from the things that our child is saying and doing when they're in the middle of the tantrum, the easier it is. And that doesn't mean that we have to ignore what they say or we don't address it at a later time. But it means that in the moment, it's not going to do either of you any good to be like, we don't say that or I do all of this for you. How can you say that or whatever? Because in those moments of tantrums and meltdowns and strong behaviors, what is actually happening in the brain is that that prefrontal cortex, so like the front of your brain, is like detaching. And that has all of the reasoning and the problem solving and that, you know, those types of higher level cognitive functioning. And when that is detaching, guess what? It means we can't access it and our kids can't either. So when we're trying to give them all the reasons why they actually don't hate us. (laughs) They can't take that in. And so that doesn't mean you don't, you can't set a boundary of like, these are things that we are not, like we don't say in our family. It means being intentional about when you are going to have those conversations and in the heat of the moment is not that time. I mean, think about when you have let too many things fester and suddenly you just like lose it on your spouse. And maybe you say a few words that you later are like, hmm, I really wish I wouldn't have said that. (laughs) So you obviously didn't mean them, but in the moment you were overwhelmed and stressed, exhausted, and they just like came out. And like I said, it's that prefrontal cortex detaching, our limbic system, which is our emotional control centers, all frazzled, and we just cannot think. And so that's not an excuse. That's not to say, like, just let anything happen all the time. But I just want to remind you that our kids are just little humans. (laughs) We do not do this perfectly, so we cannot expect them to do it perfectly, especially when they're little they are learning. And so just remind yourself that what is really at the root of this behavior is not because of you in the way that, in a negative way. It's maybe because of you, because you're allowing the feelings. You have created an environment of trust and safety where your kid actually feels comfortable to let all these negative things out because they know that you're going to support them anyway, that you're going to be there for them. And isn't that what we want? We want our kids to come to us. When they're teenagers, we want them to come to us and say, this is what happened. I need your help. Or this is going on. What am I supposed to do about it? And we need to start that now because it's not just going to magically happen 10 years from now without working on it from when they're little. So remind yourself, it's not about us. It's about their feelings and just being with them through their feelings. So I hope that was helpful. Maybe you just, you know, make a little note to yourself. Take out a post-it note and write on there. Number one, remind myself and then put in the phrase you're going to say. He's overwhelmed or she is overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed. Number two, reminding yourself what the behavior actually means when you peel back the layers. What is that behavior communicating? Because that's all behavior is. It's communication. So figuring out what that is actually telling you 
and reminding yourself of that in the moment. And then number three, it's not about you. It's not about you. And post that up somewhere where you can see it because we are visual beings. And I can't remember the statistic, but it is a high percentage of what we see is reinforcing for us. So let's put up some things that can help us through the behaviors, right? And be encouraging to us in the moment, especially if we're the only adult there and we don't have somebody to be like, hey, help me. Um, so post that up somewhere. Remind yourself of them often. Read them when you wake up in the morning. Put them on your bathroom mirror. Whatever you need to do so that you are exposed to those three things so that when you are finding yourself in the middle of a tantrum, in the middle of overwhelm because both of your kids are screaming or all of your kids are screaming and you don't know what to do, you can go through this list in your mind and remind yourself of those things and just watch the capacity that you have in managing your own triggers and behaviors grow. So again, if you need some more help with this, I would love if you would connect with me. I would love to create a behavior blueprint for you. It covers every single thing you could imagine. If you don't know, I'm a pediatric occupational therapist, so I have a ton of experience with sensory processing and behaviors. I'm trained in -in hand-in-hand parenting. And so we look at everything. We focus on whatever it is that can create transformation in you and your child's life so that your home is no longer chaos, but it is one that is connected and you feel confident in attacking the behaviors that come. Attacking maybe isn't the best word when we're talking about connection, but (laughs) you get what I'm saying. So I'll put the link in the show notes for that. If you would like to schedule a call, I would love to just talk with you about it. If you have any questions, feel free to send a message and I would love to answer any questions you have. Um, So until next time, have a great week. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and take me at Kaylee Josire and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.